Friends, it is bright and early in the morning. It's 7.25 a.m. And I have no business being as enthralled by this topic as I am. And yet, I can't get the fact that Kylie Jenner and Timothée Chalamet are dating out of my head. Because... I need to know if this is an act of God, if this is an act of Kris Jenner, or if this was like an actual decision these two people made. I have been seeing TikToks all over the place about the Renaissance tour and particularly these two characters being spotted at the tour alongside their family. I think they all went the same night and them kissing, being very public in their affection. And I think after months of hearing all over the internet that these two were dating and seeing absolutely no indication that they were, there weren't pictures, there wasn't any confirmation. It was just a rumor. They are together, or at least they seem to be together. And oddly enough, not that it's any of my business, not that my opinion is being weighted against everyone else's as something that actually matters, but they look kind of good together. <laughs> I cannot fathom the idea of, of Kylie Jenner dating Willy Wonka, but also Timothée Chalamet dating a Jenner Kardashian. It just all seems so dystopian to me that these two worlds are kind of crossing over, but I guess it doesn't seem that far-fetched with them running in sort of the same circles. It's all kind of wild and bizarre to me, while also being believable at the same time. I can kind of see it, you guys. Am I the only one that can kind of see it? They kind of look cute together. A lot of people have raised the question of whether or not this is a PR stunt and whether this is just all fabricated by one Kris Jenner. But in the videos I saw, they, they do look a bit infatuated and kind of into each other in like a really odd pairing sort of way. Really never thought these two names would be uttered in the same sentence. But I don't think it's that far-fetched an idea, at least aesthetics-wise. Like, they look good. And they, again, looked kind of into each other. So welcome, friends, to what I now deem a closer look into the most iconic and unhinged pop culture moments of 2023. I don't know why I haven't been able to get this idea out of my head. At first, I was like, dude, we're just gonna talk about books as we typically do and just have fun. And then a lot of shit started coming up on my For You page, which at this point, I'd argue is probably my main source of, of pop culture news. And that then has led me into this massive rabbit hole of looking up all of these different unhinged celebrity moments, whether they have happened through celebrities themselves or by the fan bases or just by public response and kind of the court of public opinion. I find this shit immensely interesting because although some of them can be critiqued and, and kind of deconstructed in a way that provides a whole lot more commentary than I think would appear at least on a surface level, some of these things are truly none of our business except that not only as audience members we have made it our business but the way the media responds to certain situations exacerbates these issues to the point where it's created the sort of domino effect that it's not only impossible to ignore, but eggs people on to join in the mimification of all of these different cases, but also the continuous commentary, whether it be rational or not, about all these different cases that celebrities are involved in, both unhinged and not. And I guess where I'd like to start this off is the tagline that I hear a lot in social media for celebrities, which is, 
you chose this, you chose to have this life and therefore you must suck it all up. And although not many people could have anticipated the impact Federico Fellini's La Dolce Vista's first paparazzo would have on the long term and Italy stars being chased down the streets to cause some media frenzy, over the years it has become an industry that thrives and not all of it perhaps, but a lot of what I see thrives in ridiculing, exposing, and dehumanizing people who are just trying to do their jobs. And while a lot of people willingly hire paparazzis to take pictures of themselves, take candidates down the street, and take pictures of their outfits and whatnot as an attempt to stay relevant in the current media and the current news, the truth is that all of these sensationalized news, all of these paparazzi pictures keep popping up and they keep writing them, keep taking the pictures only because we are continuing to consume them. And so when I hear the line, they chose this job, they have to suck it up. Is it that they chose this job because it was something that they loved and wanted to pursue, but it kind of comes with that as a job description? Or is it that they signed up for this job knowing it was something they'd love, but the consequence and inevitability of news and memes and paparazzi pictures and all of these ridiculous news stories would come with it? But it's not really a part of the job description. Instead, it's an issue that everybody has kind of perpetuated on all sides. And it's not necessarily wholly good. And you know, of course we can argue everybody profits from this. The artist ends up getting their money anyway. Same with the person taking the picture or writing the article. And probably same with the person who's commenting about it online nowadays. But where do we draw that line, right? Where do we draw that line in privacy and in allowing people to work on whatever they need to work on, fix their mistakes, learn from their mistakes, and solve certain situations that may be very hard personally behind the scenes without also having to deal with court of public opinion and something that court of public opinion does not need to be held. And where is that line exactly? Because it, at least to me, seems to be fucking nowhere inside beach. And the reason why I'm going into this rabbit hole right now is because the whole Sophie Turner, Joe Jonas divorce made me think about it all because we're talking about two people that while yes have had public interviews together they have gone on red carpets together they have a very public life they are a married couple but they also hold a private life they have got kids there are things happening behind the scenes that we are not privy to nor should we be and we don't know the inner happenings of this marriage. We don't know the inner happenings of these people's lives. For as much as we see Sophie Turner in Game of Thrones and she's incredible at it, or we see Sophie Turner in any other show or movie that we've enjoyed, and same with Joe Jonas, we see him on a stage singing with his brothers and it's a great fucking time. We do not know who these people are behind the scenes, not really. And now that all of these rumors have come up because TMZ broke the news that, oh my God, Sophie Turner and Joe Jonas are getting divorced and he's filing divorce in Florida, but talking to LA lawyers and Joe's filing for joint custody and he saw Sophie do something on a ring camera that made him want to divorce her. Or maybe it's not that. Maybe it's the fact that she's a party girl and he prefers to stay at home. Or 
maybe it's an age gap because he's older than her. Maybe the values and the morale is not the same between the both of them. Maybe they've just had a rocky marriage for a few months now, whatever that is attributed to. And I have had to go on TikTok basically every day and at least see five videos just memeing out about the Queen of the North, that's who I support, the North remembers, and it kind of made me question everything. I was like, why are we taking sides on this when we don't really know what has happened? If it's an age gap, we want to argue age gaps are not really indicative of level of maturity and connection and chemistry between two people. If we want to argue that she's a party girl and he's a home buddy, we've also seen it in reverse where in the marriage he has been partying, he has partied before, and she has exclaimed to be more of a home buddy, so that in and of itself is conflicting. If we want to argue that, oh, like he took the kids on tour and he has to take care of them, he's probably not, guys. He probably has a nanny on deck and she's also also on the flip side taking care of the kids so everything on both sides seems kind of equal where all of the speculation is kind of ridiculous at this point is kind of my take on it and I genuinely don't understand for as morbid curiosity can go a long way I genuinely don't understand why we care so much about these two people getting a divorce especially when there are kids involved and you know to top it all off to make the news even more confusing Jojo has quite literally said on one of their shows I think a week or two ago that don't believe everything you see unless you hear it from me unless you hear it from us just don't believe everything you see on the media because sometimes it's just not true. And so are they actually even getting a divorce? Is he not talking to lawyers? All of these things are so convoluted because you never really, as an audience member, you never really know whether what the news is reporting is actually true or if it was just another try at sensationalizing something that is potentially untrue or somewhat untrue for the sake of clicks. Just to give an example of how unhinged these news can get, I need you guys to understand. <laughs> and you know what? Good for his ex-girlfriends. Or does he even have a girlfriend right now? I'm actually not sure and I don't care to look it up, guys, but... A few months ago, if you guys were here, if you guys remember, maybe I'm on a different side of the internet that's a bit more unhinged than everyone else's, but do any of us remember when news broke that Zac Efron loved going down on his girlfriend? Because <laughs> that was actually news a few months ago. In fact, let's look it up together right now, because when did this news actually break? It was actually quite crazy. I think it all started because one of his ex-girlfriends came up and she was like, listen, I'd never really had like trouble in like the sex department, but I never really expected to be tired of somebody going down on me because this man loved doing that. <laughs> How is that news? This came out in February. I'm like, how is it news? Why do we care enough? Like, if he loves to go down on his girlfriend, it's like, boo-boo, you do you. To me, though, it's quite hilarious that this is where we have landed on important news having to be reported. Because who gives a fuck? Is it too fucked, though, that the first thing that came to mind... <laughs> 
Dude, I swear to God, I need to fucking stop. But why is it that the first thing that came to mind is maybe that's why he needed jaw surgery. Maybe he's just overusing it by going down on all his girlfriends. Oh my God. That was also a rumor that was wild of people being like, oh my God, he had surgery. And then everybody trying to debunk why this man got jaw surgery because apparently like his chin bone was just hanging off place. Oh my God, maybe maybe this is the truth. Maybe the two things are connected. Maybe he just had surgery because he was going down too much on his girlfriend's friends. You heard it here fucking first. I have to admit, these are the kind of harmless, ridiculous news I love seeing reported about celebrities. Could you imagine Zac Efron saw that article and he went, fuck, fuck, guys. My truth is out. <laughs> I've been exposed, guys. Oh my God, that would be fucking hilarious. But as long as it's not harmful or too invasive, I'm like, give it all to me. I just like to have a good laugh and things that are this ridiculous just kind of do it for me. And along the lines of ridiculousness, I just need Hailey Bieber and Justin Bieber to fucking get together, convene, guys. Just have dinner together one day and make a consensus on what to fucking wear when y'all are going out. These two are never dressed for the fucking same event, even though they are pictured together. I don't know where his sense of style went, though we can argue he never really had one. It's all very adjusted to the times, but he is giving loungewear couture. <laughs> While she is giving model glam, he looks like he's being continuously dragged outside of their home onto the streets against his will. And it's actually quite hilarious to see them in any event together because it doesn't make any sense. Also, I had always known growing up Justin Bieber to be someone who was well-mannered and who just had like a good sense of partnership with like his his girlfriends and suddenly he gets with Hailey Bieber and I don't know what goes on behind the scenes see this is the one where I'd like to admit very shamefully so I, I love being the double standard and hypocritical but I would love to be a fly on the wall, guys, because I genuinely don't know if maybe these two simply seem to not get along when they are out and about or if they actually don't get along that well because <laughs> this man never opens a door, never waits, never walks with her. It's just so wild. I still to this day have yet to comprehend what their dynamics are like. It's not any of my business, but this is the one where I am so morbidly curious where I'm like, did y'all get married for the sake of getting married? Or did y'all like, you know, do y'all really love each other? And I hope that they do. But Everything that's kind of shown in public is just so strange. Which, speaking of strange, I need to know how Pedro Pascal is alive. Like, actually asking for science. Because how is this man's Starbucks order six shots of espresso? I need to understand how this man does that. I cannot fathom any level of exhaustion that would warrant six shots of espresso. I don't think I can even fathom being so immune to coffee that I have to up my dose of caffeine to the point where I have six shots of it. I simply cannot comprehend and I love that people were actually going out of Starbucks because they saw the news and actually getting six shots of espresso. I don't know how y'all did it, but props to you for trying that out. I can barely do 
black coffee. I need to have some sort of milk or creamer on that, some sort of sugar on that, because having straight up black coffee, I mean, espresso, like a shot is nice if you need it, but six shots of it iced too. Like it wasn't even hot. Iced espresso. I simply cannot do that. For anybody who drinks like those iced Americanos and like those iced espressos, props to y'all because I simply could not. I feel like I'd actually go into cardiac arrest and also my anxiety would probably be so fucking bad. I'd not make it either way. More strange things because it never ends. Apparently Miley Cyrus isn't a fucking cult. I genuinely don't know how people notice these things, how they're so in tune with celebrities and what they post online that they even figure this stuff out. And I mean, this may or may not be true. Like we don't know. But how are y'all paying enough attention to know that this is even potentially a thing? Like, this is wild. So apparently she was seen pictured with a girl named Lily and a girl named Blue. And then somebody else said that they had seen her or like another photo was like circulating the internet of her allegedly attending a modern mystery school lecture in May. And apparently this is like a really um, sort of like weird organization that trains and certifies healing practitioners and teachers in the tradition of the lineage of King Solomon. And they claim to educate light workers in specialized spiritual healings and metaphysical teachings that are rooted in an ancient tradition of service, compassion, and empowerment. And apparently, Miley Cyrus is a part of this. And here's the thing, this is wild. Speculating about cults to me is so wild, which I get the concern that someone may or may not be a part of it, but also conversations surrounding cults are so delicate because there is so much to deconstruct from the manipulation, gaslighting, grooming process into the exploitation of the individuals who end up in these organizations to then the psychological trauma that this brings forth for a lot of people. And so the fact that we're just throwing around the fact that she may or may not be a part of a cult, it's like, I understand the concern, but how how do we how how do we get here guys how did we get here i also want to know how we got to the point of wanting ariana grande to break off the marriage between aaron taylor johnson and his wife which listen that marriage is i think out of anything being commented on the internet the weirdest thing and i don't mean weird in the sense that people are talking about it discussing it weird in terms of the actual marriage itself, which I could also argue the fact that people want Aaron Taylor Johnson to cheat on his wife who he has kids with is weird. Like that's fucking odd. I don't know why anybody would wish that upon anybody. It's just a weird one to kind of ship people together so that whomever gets with Aaron Taylor Johnson in this cheating speculation breaks off his marriage with his wife so that he can get out of that situation, which we speculate is not healthy and we speculate that it's toxic. And the thing here is, do we even know that it's any of those things? They could very well be in a very happy, loving marriage. And none of us would know because they've never addressed a single one of the rumors regarding their relationship. 
What I will say though, that is weird, is how this relationship came about. I'm about to go on a tangent because anytime I talk about this, it is equally as crazy to me. It never stops being crazy. So Aaron Taylor Johnson and Sam Taylor Johnson, who is his wife, met at the set of Nowhere Boy in 2008. Aaron Taylor Johnson was 18 years old, whilst Sam was 42 years old and married with kids at the time. A whole thing happens. They film the movie. She gets divorced. Shortly after, when he's in his 20s, he proposes to her, they get married, and the rest is history. We obviously know that he was the one to propose, so he did it allegedly <laughs> out of his own accord, and he was, you know, he made the decision himself allegedly. <laughs> what is genuinely frowned upon is not even necessarily the age gap nowadays, because obviously they are both adults now. They've made a life together. They have kids together. She's 23 years older than him, which some people will frown upon, but it's the same argument as some people frowning upon a girly pop dating a guy who's somewhat older than them. We look at age gaps very interestingly, guys. Like It's still such a taboo when we know that age is not indicative to a level of maturity as we were mentioning before however what is frowned upon and I think rightfully so in terms of what exactly happened there you know so many years ago that we perhaps didn't really look at especially with all of the conversations happening nowadays surrounding the process of grooming and what role exactly these power dynamics play into decision making by people who are young and impressionable I think that's why the conversation around their marriage is like so interesting and so still relevant to this day is the fact that he was 18 when they met and they ended up getting married, I think, just about when he was 21 or 22, if I'm not mistaken. And that's what makes the conversation so interesting. But I digress because this is not news today. Like, I mean, it's always kind of news, but it's not new, you know? But Miss Ponytail has been the talk of the town for like a while now because she also is filing for divorce with her newish husband. When did they get married? Didn't they get married like two years ago? I feel like they did. I don't care enough to look it up either. But they got married. They've been having like a really quiet, loving life based on what we've seen. And out of nowhere, it comes up that she is having a star-led romance with her co-star on the Wicked movie. And that's apparently been news too as of recent, but maybe not through the lens where it should be. Everybody's been critiquing the fact that they don't think Mr. SpongeBob or Ethan Slater, I think his name is, um, they don't think he's necessarily attractive. And they're like, girl, at least pick somebody who's attractive. But the levels of attractiveness don't really matter because the issue of the matter, in my opinion, is the showbiz romance, these really self-contained to a single project romances where you end up dating your co-star or liking a co-star because you are spending so much isolated time with the same people. Set hours are so long Theater hours are so long when you are in rehearsals, in hair and makeup, you're recording, you're going through all of the motions and the scenes that are required in order to get a project done. All of that messes with your psyche so much. And I'm not excusing her behavior because of cheating didn't too, which I think based on what we've seen, 
I think it's actually confirmed that it has happened. I'm not too sure because after the speculation, I haven't really seen a whole lot. But when I was looking up all of these things for this episode of the podcast, I saw that they had apparently moved in together or like they were living together to an extent. He also has kids like they were both married. It's like a whole fucking mess. So don't think Mel is sitting here and condoning cheating because I don't do that shit. <laughs> don't put words in my mouth. But I think based on personal experience as somebody who has done theater before and has viewed people differently through the lens of theater in the sense that somebody that I perhaps wouldn't consider like conventionally attractive or that I wouldn't find attractive to me personally, suddenly I see on stage and they're being their talented self and they're singing or they're playing an instrument or they're acting their guts out and I'm like, holy fuck, you're so attractive. But it's not that they're attractive necessarily. It's sometimes you are attracted to the talent or sometimes the environment environment sort of exacerbates all of those pent-up emotions where it could potentially lead you to think that you're attracted to someone. It's all very kind of layered, if I do say so myself, but I genuinely need people to stop memeing out about this whole thing because this is where it all started out, right? She cheats with Ethan Slater, also known as Mr. SpongeBob. She cheats with this guy. Everybody's like, damn, this guy is so fucking unattractive. At least go for Aaron Taylor Johnson and you'd be doing the world some good because then you'd be breaking up his relationship with his wife and then he'll get out of that grooming, disrespectful, illegal relationship he is on. And that's how things escalate domino effect. And now two celebrities whose names you wouldn't think would be uttered in the same sentence suddenly are. Isn't that crazy? But that's how the internet works, right? It's Ariana Grande is having issues with her marriage and then it becomes Ariana Grande is allegedly cheating to suddenly Ariana Grande is a cheater to suddenly we want Ariana Grande to cheat with Aaron Taylor Johnson. It's the leaps and bounds that we jump to, that we go through in order to create all of these different stories that will never stop being baffling to me. Equally as baffling celebrity unhinged moment, except that this time it's not that celebrity itself but rather the audience. And these two girly pops will never hear the end of it. It's literally a decade long feud perpetuated by other people other than themselves. And I am talking about Miss Taylor Swift and Miss Beyonce, who are both currently in some of the most profitable tours in God knows how long and probably the most profitable for them too in their artist careers. They are both doing amazing. Not only is Taylor Swift breaking who knows how many records with the Eras tour, but it's also a massive celebration not only for her in regards to her long and successful career and the reclaiming of her artistry and her work after the entire shit show that was Scooter Braun and Big Machine Records and the acquisitions that happened and the selling of the rights of her songs without her being explicitly told that that's what was going to occur, signing with a new label so that she could re-release her songs as we now deem them and know them as Taylor's version, but also for the fans who for a while had been wanting Taylor to tour and had been wanting to convene in all of the fandom goodness that we experience in concerts. And then we have got Beyonce on the other hand, who hadn't released a full album since Lemonade in 2016. And so this was a massive celebration 
celebration. And it was kind of double celebration because the album itself sort of celebrates the liberation of oneself through dance music, particularly through the lens of marginalized communities in the U.S. And it's such a joyful album. There is no way you listen to that and like not dance or just feel joyful in general. Like it's so freaking good it's such a good album and the show itself that she has constructed for the tour not only is the choreography absolutely incredible i love seeing the range of dancers she has got but it's a fashion show that shit is a fucking statement i love seeing every single tiktok that pops up on my for you page even full-on freaking videos on youtube the people are on it but there are videos everywhere of all of the outfits the artistry the set design in general the way that the songs are being adjusted for these live performances so that they can give something new to the audience, not only as far as the tour goes, but also from show to show. It's just an absolute beautiful experience. And I love, honestly, consuming content from both of these tours. However, it has led people to go down this path of comparison of Taylor is better than Beyonce. And then other people saying like, okay, but like objectively Beyonce is better. Reality is they're two very different artists. And while some of their strengths may overlap, they also have a lot of differentiating factors to each other, which is why both of them have an appeal in their own right. I would also maybe believe that while some of the audience overlaps because I think it's inevitable when consuming media there's a big chance a huge chunk of both of their audiences are different from one another which is why I believe it would make sense for them to place a different value to artistry and maybe look at things artistically different because the argument I see being made a lot is oh but Beyonce is a better dancer but Taylor is a better lyricist but Beyonce is a better vocalist when in reality there are loads of things that overlap but we fall into this comparison game that puts artists and really anyone even just taking aside the facts that they're artists it would put anybody in a, in a really weird tricky spot now if you ask me personally <laughs> i personally prefer beyonce but it's because i've never really been a huge swifty i just personally grew up on beyonce and that's just my girly pop anytime i see any videos of the tour i'm eating that shit up the new version of dangerously in love y'all i am eating that crap up also flaws and all i care the entire intro like ballad section of the concert is everything I need and I really wish I would have been able to go to her tour because I feel like I would have had the best fucking time it just looks like a lot of fun honestly and I mean not to say Taylor's tour doesn't look like fun because it does and I was actually genuinely surprised because I've never quite had an appeal to her concerts personally just like as, as a personal preference and once I started seeing all of the era store videos I was like shit this also looks good it's not my type of music it is not the type of thing I'd regularly look for but the tour also looks kind of fucking bomb, y'all. All that to say, I hope they're enjoying the millions they are racking in through these tours because I bet that money is good. <laughs> Didn't they say that Taylor would break like billionaire status with this tour? I'm not too sure about this one, so don't quote me on it. But I think that's what they said. Either that she would break billionaire status or that the tour would earn millions. One of the two, not quite sure. Either way, her and Beyonce are making bank out of these tours. And I love this for them. Listen make your 
coin. Also, I need to know, what's the verdict? Where do we think we are at with the Kendall Jenner Bad Bunny relationship? Is it real? Is it a PR stunt? Does anybody really know? Do we know to this day? Because I can't quite tell. Whereas I see Miss Kylie Jenner and uh, Toyota Chevrolet dating and doing their thing. I don't know that I see the same amount of chemistry for Miss Kendall and Mr. Benito. And this is just like my take on it where everybody's been like, oh my God, it's a PR stunt or like Benito, you betrayed us. I'm not going to get into all of that myself in terms of like what I think. I don't care enough to like have any solid opinion on like should he date her? Should he not date her? But I don't know that I see the chemistry. Like I just don't see it. I did see the TikTok of like, mommy, be careful. And she's like, why? The squirrel? And he's like, the mosquitos. I love that TikTok so fucking much. I started cackling when I saw that. But I do know that part of the reason why people are so upset is because Benito has made it a big thing to critique people who culturally appropriate and he has this lyric in one of his songs called les falta sazón batería y reggaeton which basically just means like girly bop you're not spicy enough <laughs> to be doing all that you are doing you are looking very very white <laughs> and so I know people are upset because he has been vocal about this in his songs and in his statements before. And now he is not only incidentally dating not only a girl who is white, but also a girl who has continuously culturally appropriated Latino culture in particular, and who comes from a family who is very notorious for culturally appropriating other communities as well. And this is such a big discussion right now, especially because fans are kind of talking about you're selling out, you're only doing this because you want a career in Hollywood and he's pursuing things in film and he's just expanding his career beyond what we've typically known him for, which is his music. And so there are so many layers as to why people have become disillusioned by Mr. Benito, also known as Bad Bunny, because he had built up this illusion and continued preaching that Latin men would very much want to be with Latin women and wouldn't look outside of their culture for a relationship because girly pops are just not the same. And so women felt validated in their, shoot, a lot of men are continuously looking outside of our community, out of our culture, to date when we're right fucking here and there is no one that would technically understand you more than the people residing within your community. And so it was very disillusioning. And I understand that to see an artist who preaches all of this stuff suddenly start dating the exact same thing he basically shits on, on his music, in his music, on his music. You guys know what I mean. And particularly because this is somebody that through action has perhaps demonstrated that they are not as respectful of the community they profit off of and the community that they are now dating someone from. So it's this one, I would argue, out of all of them is a bit more nuanced and layered than perhaps some of the other celebrity unhinged moments, but it's more so because 
it goes completely against the brands that one of the artists has made for themselves. And now everybody is interested in seeing what's going to happen next and if statements are going to be issued and whatnot, whilst also being morbidly curious about what the Kardashians talk at the dinner table with Benito present, assuming that he is present to begin with and not, you know, even going into the possibility of that being a PR relationship, which would in turn mean that they are probably not having family dinner together. And also the morbid curiosity of how have Timote and Benito talked to each other? Is this like a crossover we have made yet or not quite yet? Because the people are apparently quite interested in knowing that. And you know what? Live, laugh, and love, friends. Those are some of the most unhinged celebrity moments of 2023. Can't believe the year is almost over. Can't believe that all of these things happened this year. Some of them genuinely feel as if they happened five years ago. It just feels so crazy that all of it has gone down in 2023. But I hope you enjoyed this, this nice little new segment, this closer look into celebrity unhinged moments, because I can't get some of these out of my head. I think the, the Bad Bunny one, which is why I left it for last, is the one that keeps kind of going over and over because I was never a really big Benito fan, but seeing all that is involved in this one relationship, particularly with his career and the way that his public perception, I think, has changed so much. And even the way that he's addressing a lot of these things as of recent, which has been very vague and very dismissive, it's just quite interesting to me. I think it'd be really also interesting to maybe even make a podcast episode on the intersectionality of it all, because there are so many between sex and race and even just Latin women wanting to be desired and like, fuck, we do want to be desired, but like sometimes it feels like we don't win. So maybe that'd be an interesting one to get into as far as unhinged celebrity moments go but i hope that you guys enjoyed this nice little episode hope you're having a beautiful day wherever you are don't forget to subscribe to the pod either spotify or apple podcasts in the meantime as i get it uploaded in other platforms that you guys have requested and if you want more of me i do have a youtube channel youtube.com slash malreads and i also have a patreon in case you want to support any of my endeavors further it's patreon.com slash malreads as well so there's that love you all the most wishing you all a beautiful blessed day and i will catch you on the next one whenever that is goodbye